Hello and welcome to Pop, Pop Off, Sis! The show where we talk about life, current events, and well, ourselves. I'm your co-host Lydia. And I'm your co-host Margot. Welcome to this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode what is going on today? We have a lovely new guest episode. Thank goodness. We love our guests. Um, it is, you know, just a little caveat uh, out here. Uh, it is 9.25 in the morning that we are recording this. So, you know, it, we, are, we are waking up and I hope that you guys are waking up along with us. So, um, Lydia, would you do the honors? in introducing our guest? I would. Oh my gosh, I'm like, um, <laughs> here. But this, everyone, is Shanae Claudio. Hi, everyone. She, hi. She is um, one of my best friends literally since fourth grade. So like babies. Like we went to lower school together, middle school together, high school together, um, and obviously talked all through college. So it's like, oh, Hopefully we're lifelong friends at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, hi, Shanae. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. This is a long time coming. We were just saying how I can't believe Shanae hasn't been on yet, but we're so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so can you just give like a quick, like, who are you? You know, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, so I'm Sinead Claudio. I'm from Hunt Valley, Maryland. I'm 22 years old, and I recently graduated from Loyola University, Maryland. Bachelor's, thank you guys. Thanks. Bachelor's in Science and Biology and Psychology, and I'm hopefully going to become a doctor. Med school, here we come. So we'll see. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. I always joke, Sinead's about to be out here like, listening to all my problems I'm gonna be on her couch like listen what happened this week Sinead's over here like whole life together <laughs> no that's so awesome um yeah did you actually have like one point in your life that made you want to become or get into medicine become a doctor or you just kind of always knew um I don't know if I had like a defining moment but I do think that like doctors are social justice workers and they really advocate for their patients and make a really big change in people's lives so I think that's the best way I can impact people positively so that's why I want to do it love it <laughs> okay also like woman in medicine black woman in medicine yes yes absolutely we're making change people yes <laughs> that is definitely on brand with what we're talking about today but we do have an icebreaker question that we are just bringing to the podcast to be the first one to be asked. Okay. <laughs> just go with me here. Okay. If you could only go down one grocery store aisle, like on your whole grocery store trip or like, I guess, ever in life, uh -huh. which one would it be? Um, like number, because obviously we all shop different places, but you right. know, like type of food. I think the the produce aisle only because like they have 
all the foods that I love, like most of them, um, or the ice cream aisle because yeah, I was gonna say produce is kind of cheating because you know it'd be like spread out over most yeah. Of <laughs> I mean, it's one aisle, no. <laughs> but yeah, that or the ice cream aisle because can't live life without ice cream. Yeah, I think that's my answer right now is ice cream. What about you, Marga? I don't know. That is such a difficult question. Right? <laughs> I feel like I might have to be annoying and say, like, the aisle where they have, like, the tofu I and the vegan food. I, <laughs> I was like, where's the tofu? <laughs> and every grocery store is different. Like, sometimes it's with the produce. So, like, that would be a good two-in-one. But in my grocery store, it's, like, its own, like, organic food aisle. (laughs) And I am that girl who goes to that aisle and gets, like, everything off the shelf. So, you know. Wow. Okay, okay. I mean, y'all are trying to cheat out here with this produce thing, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, okay, good answers, good answers. So... Let's go into our rose of the week. I'll start us off. Um, Mine is very basic. Um, Clearly, since we're up, like Margot said, at 9 a.m., it's getting better. But I have been going to sleep so late, like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., like just just nothing to do, no (laughs) job to wake up to. So I've been going to sleep very late and waking up very late, like like 2, 3 p.m. at times. Very embarrassing. So I've been trying to do better about going to bed by like midnight or by like 1 a.m. So I'm proud of that. Being up right now is a big accomplishment. So that's that's my rose. How about you, uh, Margo? It's a, honestly, Lydia, it's a big accomplishment for anyone to get up at this hour during quarantine, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. everyone's like taking their leeway with work, like doing a 10 to 6, not a 9 to 5. So <laughs> literally props. Um, my rose is that I started work this week. Well, my Woo! internship, well, I had orientation last week, but it really started this week. And um, it is being on Zoom for like six hours a day. So it's pretty exhausting. The Zoom fatigue is real, guys. <laughs> That's what I staring at a screen six hours does stuff to your brain. But I am glad to be working with kids, teaching kids Shakespeare. Most of them know more than me and I just have to sit there and pretend that I'm some sort of adult and um and have like a structure to my day. It's nice. Uh although I do miss my freedom a little bit. I just haven't had to work in like five weeks because school ended and I did nothing during that whole time. So I'm glad to have a little structure. Oh, good. What about you, Shanae? Um, so I just got back from the beach. So that was like my, th- my rose of the week, not my thorn. Um, yeah, it was a really good trip. It was so good to see everyone. But it's kind of sad because like, what are we going to see each other again, you know? Yeah. But yeah, definitely my rose. It made me so happy. I love the beach. What beach was it? Dewey Beach. I love Dewey. Yeah, it was so fun. Oh my god. Was the weather good? So good. It like wasn't that hot. It was like mid to like high 70s. So, so warm, but like also like a nice breeze. 
Well, I'm glad you're back home safe, Shanae. And again, we're just so happy to have you here for this conversation. So today, guys, we're going to be kind of continuing with what we've been talking about in our last two episodes. Um, we're going to continue talking about Black Lives Matter and the movement and what's been going on right now and how we can do our parts to help and how we can continue to inform ourselves and honestly get another opinion from another Black woman of what it's like to live in this country and what her thoughts are, Shanae's thoughts are on um, what's been happening. And I'm really excited to start. So I guess starting off with the first question is, you know, how are you doing, Shanae? How are you feeling with everything going on right now? Um, <clears throat> I think for like lack of a better word, I'm just feeling really sensitive, um, you know, just like really sad and angry and kind of disappointed in some of people's like reaction to the movement and how, you know, some people are just posting to post or, you know, discrediting other people's experience because you don't see that being done in other situations of, you know, um, oppression or um, injustice. So I, overall, just like very sensitive, I think. Um. Would you say that your reactions to things or like even with your own friends, like have you, what's kind of your reaction with everything? Like, are you one to get kind of angry right away? Do you kind of do a lot of self-reflection? Like what's your process for things? Um, so I think I probably start by, you know, you hear the, what the person has to say and you kind of think, okay, like, if it's one of my friends, I try and think if it's something that's offending me that they're my friend and they might not be meaning to offend me. Like it could just completely, I could hear it, not how they intended it to come off. Um, so I guess, yeah, self-reflection and then, yeah, I get angry sometimes or, and sometimes I get really like really heartbroken and really sad. And other times I get very worried and, I don't know, like, I just feel like the world just feels like it's, like, blowing up, but also this is, these are struggles that have been happening for years, and I think we were just either numb to it, or we just thought that's what life is, and I think what's really heartbreaking is, like, that's not what life is, and that's not what it's supposed to be, um, but, you know, when you're growing up in it, and when you're living it, you don't know, like, you don't know the difference. And when you see the difference, when you see like, oh, like some people don't get nervous when they see the police and some people, you know, will never feel uncomfortable in a room because their skin is darker than everyone else's or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. It just makes you sad and sensitive. I don't really, I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting too, that you were saying how like we, we, might have been numb to it all this time because I found myself thinking about that the other day like all these um protests and you know everything's coming to light now but it's like this is like an everyday thing we I mean uh, we're all complicit in it you know like we're, it's all of us but it's like where well, it makes you think now it's like nothing's really it's not like anything different was happening with George Floyd's death than you know years past so it's like right. interesting that um you know 
I know our attention spans are very short nowadays and it takes something happening to, you know, reignite that anger and that passion. But um, yeah, maybe that's a good way to think about it is that we've been numb to it all this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing that I was just thinking of what you said about how we respond to other movements and how other movements are treated um how do you feel about that because you know you think about like the march for our lives or the women's march those kind of things that get a lot of attention just like black lives matter but for sure more of like a um positive light more more of the majority is more thinking about it you know in a positive way and and i get this is race so there's a lot more controversy i guess um but yeah how does that make you feel in terms of like how this movement has been treated differently um most recently i know president trump has come i just don't say his name a lot so it stopped me for a second <laughs> but, um, he's coming under fire right now for basically referring to black lives matter as like not something he could get behind um basically saying that it wasn't it's not like a he basically insinuated that it's not a good movement and it was because there was some video of protesters that were yelling something about frying up policemen like bacon and pigs in a blanket or something like that, that that just wasn't good and definitely not part of the movement. But he, because of that, he said the whole thing is like not a message he can get behind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what do you, what do you think about all this going on with him in particular? It's just honestly, this, this is like what makes me mad because this is a movement for human rights and this is a movement that needs white people to like get any sort of change we need white people we need white people in power we need everyone to come together but for some reason there's something holding people back and i think that speaks to the issue that the movement is trying to address because like march for our lives we're like oh yep let's all go let's all be there and support and like try and make change for pride like everyone goes and like i i maybe i'm just lucky i don't have people in my life that are anti the lgbtq plus community but i i don't know if it really gets the backlash or the lack of support from the government from companies in power that black lives matter has gotten and i just don't understand why you know i just and i understand race is like controversial but i don't i also don't understand why it is because it's that's like i don't i don't mean to like sound uneducated but i don't think my race it does speak to me as a human being but like it's not a, like, my skin color isn't a, like, this is a color, it's not a threat, you know what I mean? So I just don't, I don't like this, like, backlash, and, like, people, like, not wanting to post because it's, like, controversial, or, you know, they don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, like, this is, no, like, this is, people are dying, people have been dying, people can't, you know, move their lives in like a positive way like you can't the people can't grow people can't like families have been stuck in certain situations for years and like that's not for what like for what you know like can can you imagine if everyone had 
like chances to you know go to college go to grad school make something of themselves contribute to our country we would actually be a world superpower i think right now america like we think like oh we're so good like we've done all these things but i think it's a, a lot of it is kind of in our head because we could be so much further along and doing so many other things if more people had opportunities or it was it's maybe it's not even about the opportunities but it's about how hard some people have to fight like the extra effort they have to put in and sometimes you just don't have the resources or really the strength to do it um i'm sorry i'm like kind of going on a tangent but i just yeah the lack of like the lack of support and like the reluctance to support the movement i think is it just makes me mad because i don't really see how we can fight for injustice in other areas without even thinking and like for something like this you have i think that if people are uncomfortable and feel like this is a controversial topic then they need to like dive more into it you know what I'm saying? Like they need to check, they have to look within themselves and be like, what is it about this that is making me uncomfortable or making me think this is controversial because it's a matter of life and death. And you know, we're talking about like the March for Our Lives and the Women's March and like why those are seem to be more supported than this movement. And it's like, well, there it was, I think people saw it as like one thing they could understand. It's like, oh, they're marching for gun control. So, you know, you change one law, you make it hard to, harder to get guns. Oh, they're marching for women, um, you know, like listening to survivors, making uh, more equal pay, blah, blah. Um, but when it comes to like race in this country, it is a systemic problem and it's like it starts at the top and it works it's all the way it works all the way down and it's like to fix this we have to look into our prison systems we have to look into our politicians we have to look into like every single policy that this country was founded on and that scares the shit out of people they don't know how to deal with it and it's like well it's time like you've been turning a blind eye saying that you're not racist because you have one black friend or because you've like never said the n-word or something like like that you're like oh I'm not racist it's like no because we grew up in a systemically racist country everybody has implicit bias and implicit racism in them like especially white people okay that was my tangent. Yes. that was everything and, and I mean Sinead like you you could think like this is what we need like we need yes in the world like she yes she's willing to talk about it episodes on end, you know, like she, like she's having the conversation and that's just the starting point, but it's like, we can't even get people to this point. That's what I'm saying. And like, for there to be real change, like it needs to start at home. It needs to then go to the classroom. It needs to go to like every single like sector, like everywhere. And so, yeah, it starts with things like this for sure. Yeah. And a couple of things. One, Margot, that is such a good point that this movement involves everything. Whereas right. like you're saying the other movements are like one specific thing, but it's like it's like all about intersectionality. At the end of the day, you know, women women aren't just white. So it's like we're all you know, like women are women. So it's like you can't fight for just white women and you can't fight mm -hmm. for just Hispanic women and you can't fight for just 
Asian women, you know, like black women are included in that. So, so you got to be for everybody. Gun rights aren't just for the white kids in the classroom or on campus, you know? So it's like, but it's, but we don't look at it like that. We look at it as a, as like you said, laws and, um, and you know, for women. So, so yeah, so I think that's such a good point. This one seems so much more nuanced. Black Lives Matter seems so much more intricate that it scares people. And I think that's, that's very interesting. And Shanae, you, when you were talking about how, you know, these are human rights and it's something that is, is so basic. It's like, even when you were talking about opportunities, we, as Black people, I think generally it's like not even about giving us more opportunities, like extra to get ahead. It's like, like, let us start from the same place as everyone else, you know? And we're working twice as hard with half the resources, whereas exactly. the people are getting more of an easy way out, you know? And they already have the most advantages. So it's like a double-edged sword and it's just a lose-lose situation for Black people. And I, and I just don't understand. It's so simple at the end of the day. Like, I don't understand. I guess the fact, like, all these conversations we're having is necessary and we need to, but it's like, we have so much work to do for such a basic thing. It's crazy. Like, you guys were talking about this before. Like, that's that's where the issue is. It's like, why is this so hard to even just get around? Like, to even get to talking about it is, is mind-blowing. Yeah. Why is it taboo? <laughs> You know, like why, why is it controversial? Like it's, it's, I don't know. It shouldn't be. It's <laughs> a basic thing. It's human rights. Yeah. And, um, Shanae, you kind of, I think said this before, but like, if there's anything you could pinpoint or like one of your top five, like things that makes you the most angry or the most frustrated about, um, how you're seeing people react, not necessarily people you know, but just in general, what you're seeing from the media. Is there anything that, like, has particularly bothered you lately? Um, I think also just, like, really trying to put the movement in a box of just being, like, angry, like, Black people are just being riots and that people are just going crazy and, like, looting everything. Like, no, they're not. And there's pe there's also, like, media outlets that are saying, like, no, like, it's not just angry Black people. There's angry white people there, too. Like, there's, we're all angry and fighting for this cause because these issues really shouldn't exist because, again, like, skin color should not be a threat. Our system shouldn't be built to the advantage of some people and the disadvantage of others. Um, but I just think, like, yeah, like, the the coverage that's not depicting the true picture of what the protests are or any um, anything in the media that kind of is, like, saying, well, you know, they're, they're violent or they're this, they're that. Like, anything that kind of is just, like, discrediting people's experiences and why they're fighting for change. I think something that I've seen that is just like almost unbelievable is the amount of police brutality that is happening at these happening at these protests. It's like almost ironic in like the worst way where it's like they're fighting against police brutality and then the police is being, you know, is brutalizing them. Mm -hmm. And how much of that you're not seeing on the mass media, but you have to see through social media. 
because people don't want to put it on blast that like yeah the police are being really horrible right now and using this as a way to get out their violence and continue their oppression Mm -hmm. even when people are just trying to be there peacefully and speak for what is right right and there's a lot of people sure you see it on social media now they're saying like the only difference between this movement and those of the past is technology is the fact that we're filming everything now so you know people aren't getting away with the things they used to um and kind of even more personal Shanae for you like what has been your experience if anything like as a black woman as you know someone that comes from a family of immigrants um that kind of thing like what how has that been growing up well, yeah, so I'm first generation American. Um, my mom immigrated over here from Kenya, and then some of my other family members did too. And so I think um, in that way, I've kind of like straddled like being like a Black American and also being a Black or, you know, a Kenyan being African. Like there's two different cultures, and I definitely see both daily, like, Kenya is home and that's what it's like in my house but then when I go out there it's like I'm seen as a black woman so like it's black culture and I love that about myself I love both and I you know I am privileged I think to be able to experience both but also my experience as a black woman I feel that I'm constantly under a lot of pressure just to be perfect like And I think a lot of women can feel that, you know, there's a pressure to be perfect. Like you want to look a certain way, you want to be cute, you know, you don't want to be too like, you know, um, aggressive or anything. But I think as a black woman, um, you're under like a little bit more of a harsher microscope. And so I feel like my losses are a lot more detrimental to me and my wins are almost non-significant because it's like, yeah, you're supposed to have good grades, you're supposed to be well-spoken, you're supposed to handle yourself in a certain way, you're supposed to never get angry, because then if you get angry, you're that mad black girl, and then that is just unacceptable, right, to show any sort of negative emotion. Um, So, yeah, I just, I feel like I've been under a lot of pressure, and, you know, even in the classroom, like, if I'm saying something, I have to make sure I'm saying it in the most professional way, I'm saying a correct point. And not only is my point correct, it's something that hasn't been brought up. It's something that, you know, I'm adding value to that conversation. It's not like I'm echoing something someone else has already said, if that makes sense. Because you already feel like you're not heard as a black woman. So, you have to make sure, or I, you know, this is my experience. I shouldn't generalize, but um, I feel like I'm already not being heard. So I have to make sure like what I'm saying is something new, something impactful and something that's correct above all, because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to not be seen. And I think that's something that you struggle with. And yeah, I, I also think, growing up and like going, I've gone to all predominantly white schools. I live in a predominantly white town. 
Um, and I think that also kind of adds to the feeling of being under pressure and like people kind of like waiting for you to mess up as bad as it sounds. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of have been my experiences in some cases. I'm just like, wow, because like what you said about just not wanting to mess up, it's like not giving anyone any reason to have something negative to say or doubtful, like, wow. So you've been very strategic with the things you say and you really think about your actions. Yeah, I think I've been very careful um, in, you know, like in any sort of like professional setting, like in my internships, in my schooling, like I think you just have to be extra careful. Like even with your appearance, like I would have never in a million years thought that I would have like my natural hair going into an internship. Like never in a million years like that's just not professional like they always tell you like you are not going to wear your your fro into the office absolutely not like it's your hair is too big it's not professional it needs to be tame so i thought i would always have like straight you know a blowout or maybe get a weave definitely not braids but this year specifically i you know had in my natural hair but again i didn't wear it out i didn't feel like I was allowed to, like, I felt like I had to slick it into a low bun, you know, just to be presentable when that's not, that's not, like, what, like, that's my hair, you know, like, and I think that's also just a way of, like, making Black women feel small because your curls are beautiful, and you should love your curls, and I feel like when I was growing up, I was taught to not like my curls, and when I was at McDonough, like, I never had my hair curly. Like, I don't think anyone there has seen me with my natural curls. I got my hair straightened every two weeks diligently. And it's, I, I don't know if it's because I didn't want other people to feel uncomfortable or if I didn't want to feel like people were looking at me or, like, I didn't want people, like, patting my hair and, like, commenting on it. Um, but that was just, like my experience, you know, appearance-wise as a Black woman, I think you just have to think about different things in different spaces, and I think all women have to, which is also something, you know, that I don't think men really experience, but I think for Black women, it, it goes a little further than just, like, the length of your skirt. I think, yeah, it goes into your, your hair, and I don't know, I don't think it's fair that, you know, your curls are too big or your hair is too, is too much for the office. I don't think that really makes a lot of sense to me, but that's the life I have lived and it might have to continue living, who knows, but yeah. Hair itself is like such a, it's its own topic. <laughs> Like you even putting it in a low bun, it's like you're trying to hide it almost, you know, it's like natural as, but as low profile as you can make it. Like that's, right. that's a problem. Like that's a problem. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm glad you're wearing it natural right now, even if it isn't a bun. 
Let's see it. Give us a quick. <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah thank you for sharing that too like it's very interesting to hear that um do you have any well actually i'm curious margo too really quickly like is that something like i know i'm sure you've heard all the time like black women talking about their hair and like that whole conversation like what do you think about that i mean all i know is that like a lot of white people have like a fascination with touching black hair and that's not something I ever really understood. Uh, and then it's like when you learn more about the history, it's like, oh, well, white people used to capture Africans and bring them to Europe or bring them to America and put on like zoos where white people would just like stare at this other, this thing that they couldn't understand. And it's, I feel like that has trickled down into this like fascination that white people have of like, oh, this hair is other, it's not like mine. So I must touch it and I must see what it is because what is this? And it, I don't know, I just see it like going back there. Obviously it's not the same, to the same extent, but that's where all of this stuff, like it's just carried out through history. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot. I mean, I do know about um, like a lot of black girls feel a pressure to have straight hair. This is something that I've also heard a lot about with black girls in white soror- or like in sororities that aren't the traditionally black sororities um of like feeling a need to like straighten their hair and like to give this appearance of having like white features even though they're black women um and it's definitely something you know i've never seen a teacher call out a student for having their hair like that but i definitely know that it's something that happens and that a lot of black women are made to feel not comfortable wearing their natural hair because people have this like stereotype about it which doesn't make any sense because like you guys said it's hair it's like that's the way your hair grows and it's beautiful you know and like i don't know this is a freaking mess so like i don't <laughs> why does it matter like i don't know i don't know if i made any sense just then but yeah if that answers your question no, I was just curious. And I mean, you taught me something new because I hadn't heard much about like the history behind it in terms of the zoos, slaves, like that's, I'm going to look into that now. Cause wow. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I know like I think it's India Ari song called I am not my hair. That's really interesting and it's good. And it just kind of talks about like your identity with your hair and she's a black woman um, artist. So yeah. And there's also a good, um, I think it's like a documentary style movie and it's called Good Hair and Chris Rock like um, narrates it and he basically made it as a tribute to his daughter so they can learn like there's no such thing as good hair. Your hair is beautiful. And I just thought that that was really nice. If you guys ever look into that, it's, it's just an interesting view of the history of hair in terms of like extensions and um, where we get our fake hair from, that kind of thing. So that's really interesting. 
Um, but I know we don't have a lot of time, but my last question for you, Shanae, is that I've, I've actually noticed these past couple weeks going out like to the grocery store, like running errands, that um, I personally like feel there's something changing in the air, like in terms of interacting with, with white people, with black people, like something feels different in some ways good, but in some ways bad. Like I feel like there's this heightened sense of everyone's kind of on high alert right now and, and no one, you know, truly, I don't think there is a rock big enough that you could be hiding under to not know what's going on. <laughs> um, so obviously everyone's aware of what's happening right now. So I just, I feel like I can sense that people are just kind of on edge in a different way um, that is separate from the pandemic of coronavirus. So like, what do you kind of see going forward? Like, what do you hope that's going to change? Or what do you, what would you like to see soon that happens? Yeah, um, I think like, I hope for the future, because obviously this is not going to happen. I don't think huge change, like, within the system is going to happen anytime soon. Like, that's going to take time. Like, Margo said, like, there's so many different areas that need to be tweaked and corrected. Um, I hope I see change in people's hearts through, like, education and willingness to learn about the struggles that Black people face every day. Um, I hope to see change in classrooms and, like, you know, the books, even the books that little kids read, like, there needs to be, like, more Black faces, more in, in a positive light, I should also add, you know, um and I just I just hope that you know people can start living like life through seeing people as humans and like being more empathetic and showing people love versus you know being fearful of someone as like that being your first reaction when you see someone if that makes any sense um and just like less hate but yeah, that's my hope for the future. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I guess you can only worry about yourself and the people that you can touch. But yeah. I like that. Less hate, more love. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, we are almost done. Our next segment that we do that we haven't done in a while, so it can be a little rusty, um, is our Savage Seconds. But we are ready to go, so let's go in three, two, one. <laughs> okay, guys, I hate to change the subject, but my industry just is falling apart. Broadway is closed until January, and um, I have no idea what I'm going to do when I graduate. If my industry is going to exist, how I'm going to make money, because everyone and their mother is getting laid off right now, so that's it. Okay, I told you I'm trying to get this whole sleep thing together, but I'm also trying to get this whole active thing together. I have no willpower. I don't work out. I just need a bike so I can get outside and ride my damn bike around the neighborhood because I'm trying to be active, but everybody on planet Earth has bought a bike during this quarantine. Walmart, I've gone to Target. Nothing. Nobody gave me a damn bike under $600. Ah. I can't do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Shana, you gotta get on that level. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm the energy to like. Shana was like losing. I was like, oh shit, she ain't gonna. 
Yeah, we go zero to hundred real quick. Yeah, I thought we were just gonna be ranting like, yeah, so like, it's really annoying. But, like, you guys are really upped it. I like when Lago goes first because she's like a whole thespian, so she'll like. Yes. And I'm like, oh, we're doing that. All right. Oh. <laughs> guys, we are jumping back in in three, two, one, go. So I don't know if you guys have been spending too much time with your family, but mine is literally roasting me every second. I cannot get a minute alone in my own home. I just want to relax and everyone is in my business 24-7. I can't deal with it anymore. I need to move out. Don't have money to. What are we going to do? Woo! <laughs> I feel you on that. That was so good. <laughs> Okay. Own home. Ain't that a shame? It's just the worst. Okay. Time for our quotes of the day. Leave us a flow of gems this morning. Mine is unknown because when do I ever know who's my quote? Um, but mine says, Don't be afraid to fail. Be afraid not to try. And that's very appropriate with this movement, let me just say, especially to my white friends, like, don't be afraid to get something wrong or to offend someone. Be afraid not to say anything at all. Exactly. I love that. My quote is shifting gears back a little bit to uh, my savage seconds. It's by, oh, I'm going to butcher this name. It's Zach Perlman. Perlman. He's a famous violinist. Uh, and he said, you know, sometimes it's the artist's task to find out how much music you can still make with what you have left. These are new times. Artists are struggling. But we can still make music, guys. We can do it. Okay, and mine is by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Great art. Um, I was going to say great artist, but great author. <laughs> And it says, for what it's worth, it's never too late to be whoever you want to be. I hope you live a life you're proud of. And if you're not, I hope you have the strength to start over. Love that. That's awesome. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you, Shanae, so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great. You got to come back. You are great. Please, yes. anytime. Just let me know. We're always looking for guests. Thank you so much for joining us. It was so much fun. I had a great time. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> All right. We will see you in a couple weeks, everyone. Bye. And that is our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at popoffsis.podcast and our personal account at Lydia underscore underscore Parker and at mtruve. Be sure to check out all of our episodes at popoffsis.wixsite.com slash website. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.